Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral, simpler communications. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Scouting episode of the Scoreboard Addicts podcast. I'm Nick, and with me, as always, is TJ, who is hammered, and Anthony, the Rook. And what gentlemen, is, boys, How you doing? What's what's going on, Nick? Yeah, How you doing? No, not too much. I, so wait, wait, what happened? The audio didn't come back through that great. It came in a little fuzzy in the beginning. Yeah, you know, I, lately with the with the soundboard, um, for some reason on Zoom, it just doesn't. It does, our song is too powerful for it. Zoom Power. cannot the sound that is the scoreboard addicts podcast theme music so uh so that's why it does that that's why when i first bought the soundboard i was like does that sound right to you guys and you're like yeah it's fine Streamyard, good to go zoom it's too not powerful. so much it's too powerful but we're here we're gonna do a quick episode we're gonna honor a, a gentleman that has meant so much to countless football fans across the nation yes. um the voice of football to a lot of people. And, and, you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's how I feel. I I can hear his voice in my head. And I think that's so special, but John Madden, we lost John Madden um, yesterday and uh, the football community is in mourning and uh, gentlemen, what what are your thoughts? TJ. I, uh, it's amazing to forget how stellar of a career he had as a coach. I mean, that's almost like an afterthought thinking about how awesome he was as an analyst and breaking down plays for us because he allowed you to be the average fan just watching a game and understand defense, understand offense, understand, you know, oh, they're going to a three, four package here. He broke it down for where you understood play calling a little bit if you weren't paying attention too much. But again, the guy, I mean, as a, Coach, 10 years, uh, he was with, with uh, the Raiders. Uh, I think his statistics was he won three out of every four games he played. I mean, if that's not insane, I don't know what is. Like a 750. It, 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 insanity. I, yeah. And, and you know what? An absolute stud of a coach. Only 10 years, which is crazy considering, I mean, we watched him for over 20, 20-something on, on TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it's to, to be able to flawlessly go from – you know, being a ridiculous head coach, I mean, a winning head coach like that, and then go right into TV and just take off and be the voice of football. Him and Pat Summerall were 
the voice of football and you look forward to listening to them. And I think the only person that can pair, and I know I'm going to catch crap for this, but the only seamless transition like that, that we've seen, I really believe is, is Tony Romo just from going from the field to just sitting there day one, predicting like, guy, right, this is what they're going to run. This is the only thing they can run right here. Watch it's coming. I, I mean, I think that again, Tony Romo didn't have the career, the numbers like, uh, Madden would, you know, obviously different situation, coach versus player, but Tony Romo, great, great quarterback in his own right. And then to just seamlessly go to TV and then the contracts that guy's getting thrown at him because he's amazing. But uh, I think John Madden, the best that ever did it, the best that will ever do it. I'll listen to John Madden. I, I'll listen to John Madden commentating me going to the bathroom. Let's put it that way, because it would come <laughs> out stellar. Uh, you going to the bathroom or his commentating? His commentating, I mean, he would make it interesting. Like, okay, he's going with the two-ply today with the paper. All right, I think that's Downey. Downey Soft, we're going in with it. Okay, that's a clean white. Look on his face there. Boom! (laughs) It's it's in the end zone. Oh, man, he reached back and he delivered on that one. Hey, what do you think? So, so, uh, my thoughts on John Madden when I heard that he passed away. Sorry, am I a little too close here? Yeah, a little bit. Sorry, when I heard he passed away, I was like, oh, my God, like, John Madden. Like, I know people are going to look at it like the video game. Like, that's, like, the main takeaway, which it is. I mean, it's a big, you know, part of our, like, society. I guess it's, like, a big culture thing. Definitely our age group, Rook. Yeah, and our age group especially. But, like, I remember just, like, turning on the football, like, football on Sunday as a kid and just hearing Pat Summerall and John Madden. Like, it was, like, it just felt great, like, listening to them. Like, it Everything was, was an it, event. Yes, it was. And it was, it was incredible. And then not even that, like, that's what I remember him as. Cause obviously when he coached, he was in the sixties and seventies. We have no idea what, how he was, but we look at the stats, like him and Ken Stabler. I mean, they were incredible. He has Ken Stabler as quarterback. They win the one Super Bowl. They probably could have won a lot more. Uh, I mean, but he, I look, I was looking at the record. Like he never had a losing season throughout that entire time. And it was just incredible. I mean, it's an incredible run for a coach. He only coached for 11, I think oh, 10 years. But just that alone, I think he has the best record out of any coach who ever coached over 100 games. I think there's only 100 coaches ever coached over 100 games, and he has the best winning percentage. So that, that alone just shows how important he was to the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely, I mean, incredible talent, icon, legend, all Madden teams. And this is what I most remember of John Madden, though, after all the football, is the turducken. The turducken. Turducken was great. Like one year he he came out, he showed the turduckens. If anyone doesn't know, it's a turkey with a duck and a chicken stuffed inside of it. Yeah. It's a chicken yeah, yeah, and, yeah. A tur- and a duck. <laughs> yeah, and a duck. And then a duck into a turkey. And then that's what he would eat. And he had like the six legs on it because of the, each, the two legs for each animal. Um, and then the, the year after that, my dad got a turducken for Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> for dinner. It was it was delicious. So thanks I, to John Madden for it's the turducken. It's God. What's that say again? That has to be like a crime against God to do that. I'm not like a vegetarian or anything like that, but like taking one dead animal and stuffing it inside another dead animal, just it seems wrong. <laughs> no way. <laughs> it sounds wrong. Dude, if you could patent that, he'd be a multi-billionaire just off of that. <laughs> you might think of, that's what happens when you're at the top of the food chain, Nick. You get to do whatever you want with the chicken. Sorry. Just lower, just lower the mic a little bit. I'm going to take your carcass. I'm going to stuff it into that carcass. And I'm going to stuff it into that carcass. And I'm going to cook all you motherfuckers I'm together. Buy the whole thing and boom, that's dinner. <laughs> uh, you know, John Madden for me is, uh, I always think as a kid, you know, like we, you're right. We didn't get to see him uh, coach, 
the one thing I think is very impressive though, is that he went from being linebackers coach to being the head coach the following season. That's, that's a big deal. Like to me, I mean, that, that just says everything you need to know about him as a, as a coach that you can go from being the linebackers coach and mind you back, back then, they didn't have 45 coaches on a coach. I was gonna say, was there an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator, or did it, the coach run the was, offense? There was, uh, uh, there was, but you, you just gotta think of it more like there wasn't a positions coach for every single position. Uh, there wasn't a special teams coach. Like a special teams coach is a fairly new thing. That you that was just an extra detail for like the 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 defenders. The, the, the defensive coordinator. Um, but for me, uh, John Madden, I didn't grow up in a football house. My family really didn't watch football that much. So for me, John Madden, my first exposure to John Madden is in uh, Little Giants when he makes that cameo appearance with uh, all the other NFL, uh, most of whom are now Hall of Famers, but then were pro bowlers um, and uh, and going, oh, wow, this this guy, this, I, this guy's gonna got I remember him from commercials because he does video games. And then on top of that, Madden, like I said, I, I didn't grow up in a football house. I learned about football from playing John Madden football. John Madden 2001. My sister got a compact 20 something, 20 years ago. And that Masario? compact. Say again? Compact Masario? Probably, yeah. Those were all the rage. Yeah. And it came in colors. They were like the Max. They came in different colors. Hers was purple. Uh, and it came with the entire EA Sports or EA Games suite. So I got Tiger Woods Golf, MVP Baseball, Mad John Madden Football 2001. Um, actually, it wasn't MVP Baseball. It was triple Play back then, if you if you remember that back then. I got Need yeah. for Porsche Unleashed. Um, and I, I got another game, The Sims. And I got The Sims, like probably the original Sims. And I popped in John Madden Football 2001, Eddie George on the cover. And that was my exposure to football. Like I, my only football, like playing, watching style, like as a kid, other than that was NFL blitz. Cause you're like, I'm Puerto Rican. We don't play like you, you look on TV now and you see a lot more Spanish names on at a football game. But like when we were kids, there, there might've been like two guys in the entire league that were Mexican, maybe. Or like one guy that like his great, 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 great grandfather was Cuban. So his last name was Garcia, you know, like, like Jeff Garcia, he's Mexican ish kind of, I guess. <laughs> You know, he, but he got red hair and white skin, you know, like Tony Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez was like the only Mexican in the league, you know, yeah. and then maybe like another offensive line where alignment somewhere uh, along the way. But point being is, is that I learned about football from video games. And up until I played John Madden football, I played NFL blitz. So I thought a first down was 30 yards because in blitz, <laughs> first down is 30. Yeah, yards. yeah, it is. Oh. That's hilarious. And, and I got that free game with that computer and I played it and I learned about I learned about, you know, the eye formation. I learned about offsides. I learned about pass interference. I learned about all those things because of this game that he lent his name to. Yeah. And, and I just think that he's had such a – like, you know, people talk about, oh, we know him a lot more because of the video game. And that might be true, but that's because the video game has outlasted his entire career. Like, he's not doing – games you know he, he wasn't commentating games with pat summerall anymore but kids today still know what madden is you know even like when steve madden started dropping shoes in the late 90s i was like is he related to john madden That's that was good. john madden oh. profound effect on americana yeah i would say my other two points john madden is i always loved that he was on the bus that he didn't like the uh he couldn't take a plane so he always took a bus everywhere oh uh, I the, 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 the madden bus 
the Manibus, yeah, that's. And then the other thing too is I didn't, I didn't realize Fox actually did a documentary on him this past weekend. I think with their couple yeah coming up. yeah a couple days right before he passed right before he passed away. I think they're re-airing it this weekend. I actually said I missed it, so I'm gonna it's gonna be on ESPN uh, ESPN Plus too. Oh, it is. I have to check that out. That's, they're, they're gonna be playing it on ESPN Plus for 24 hours. Oh, really? Friday, I have to check that out. It's on Friday. Okay, cool. Then everyone check that out because John Madden, incredible football icon, It'll probably be a great documentary. Uh, just honoring the life of a, of a great football mind and great football uh, legend, basically. Somebody asked the other day, what's the best call from John Madden that you ever, that you ever, the best game that you ever saw him call? I said, Washington Sentinels versus the Dallas Ropers. Falco placements all day. Time, won the game, took him through the playoffs, replacement players. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. He actually called the Super Bowl with the bike, uh, and then you get a fat guy dance. He called the Super Bowl between the Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, Pirates, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers, with this Antonio Holmes catch. Yes, he did. And you know, you're right. Whenever you heard Pat Summerall and, and John Madden's voice, you knew something special was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it did. And, I, and again, I can still hear their voices in my head. And I love the, you know what? I'm really appreciative of the fact that they're both in the replacements because if you ever miss them, just throw that movie on. Yeah, and, and and you don't have to sit there and go. Well, I know it's going to happen in this game. Yeah, you do, but it's a movie, so it's kind of fun still. But uh, yeah. I, you know, telestration. Talk about TJ. You were talking about him like making it easy for a fan to understand. I saw somebody else say that on on Twitter today. Uh, the conversation was like, you know, John Madden knew more about football than most people breathing. But yeah. when he was commentating with that telestrator, he could break it down to somebody that never even knew that a football was oblong. Absolutely. He could break down the X's and O's like nobody's business. I mean, but he didn't break it down at an at, at a X and O level. He brought it down at a Barney level. No, he like, broke it down. Right. He broke it down. And I'm going to take this circle. This is the guy I'm talking about. And he's going to cut and find the hole right here because he's following this lineman who's setting a block. And it, it was just simple. It, it's easy to understand when you're doing a circle and a line with a little arrow at the top. Everybody else would be like, he's going to hit the A gap. And then this guy's going to hit the B gap. And that guy's going to crash the D gap. And anybody who never played football before is like, what the hell is an A gap? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like watching hockey and not knowing what the five hole is, but they say it the whole game. And you're like, is anybody going to explain this to me? You know, like I'm watching the hockey game. That's why I said that, but yeah, uh, so am I, but uh, you know, John Madden really did break it down. Telestrations were my favorite thing in the world. He made that crap like marketable. I guarantee yeah. you there's some executive sitting there going, this is never going to work. And John Madden's like, I got this. Don't worry. Have you seen my arrow drawing skills? Watch this shit. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, I guess, I guess we honored oh, John last, Madden. One last thing. Tough acting to acting. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, that's right. Dad used that Boom. stuff because of John Madden. <laughs> Boom. Tough acting to acting. He's circling <laughs> the knees and stuff. That was incredible. But I guess we will move on. Rest in peace, John Madden. Absolute legend. Uh, legend. And let's talk about your, your guys, uh, New York Jets and Zach Wilson. I think he's uh, – I'm not a Jet fan, but seeing from him, I think I, I'm actually impressed by what I'm, I think he's getting better every week. I thought last week was pretty good against the Jags. I mean, no, nothing against them. The Jags aren't that great right now. But I do think I do think he's a proven. And, uh, and let's talk about good guy Zach. I know you guys are Jet fans. So I'll let you guys tell the story. Yeah, um, so Zach Wilson on Christmas. And it, honestly, I, I thought this was a little bit – in my head it was kind of sad. But then in, I, I thought about it in retrospect. He's not at home. So Christmas Day, he goes out for, like, breakfast or brunch with his mom and, I guess, a friend. 
uh, to a diner. Oh, his know? whole family, his whole family, his siblings and stuff. Family? Yeah, it was his siblings. Family. Like four people sitting in that booth. No, I what? thought I saw more than that. Oh, all right. Well, she posted more than that. In the, in the, oh, yeah, I don't have Instagram. So yeah, on her Instagram, she posts a lot more people. Wait, hold on. Did she make it public again? No, it's still private. I got in there just in time. My queen, Lisa Wilson. That's what she said. <laughs> I got in there just in time. Um, so, uh, yeah, so he goes to a diner. He's wearing a Jets hat. Now, I just want to point out that I haven't seen a, uh, an athlete, at least not a New York athlete, wear the team's gear on his off time since Braylon Edwards. And, I, and I'm not just talking about the Jets. I'm talking about every team. I've never seen a Yankee go out in the town when he's not representing the Yankees and wear a Yankee hat. I've never I've seen like Knicks wear Yankee hats, but I've never seen a Nick go out wearing a Knicks jersey or a Knicks sweater. But I've seen them wear Yankee hats, you know, like, but Braylon Edwards used to wear Jets hats everywhere. He loved it. Like coming from Cleveland and coming to the Jets, he loved being a Jet. And Zach Wilson is wearing like the ski cap with the Jets logo on it. Some lady at the diner sees him and she's she's the waitress. And another worker at the diner says, Oh, that guy plays for the Jets. Doesn't your son love the Jets? And she's like, my son does love that. He plays for the Jets, really? She had no idea of Zach Wilson. Because, like, and T, you and I talked about this. Humble guy going to a diner. You know, he makes millions of dollars. He was, he was born into a, a family that has money. Now, I don't know if that his uncle's money trickles down to his family. I don't know that. I, 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 there's plenty of people out there like Aaron Rodgers. Like, I guarantee you his nieces and nephews ain't making money off of him. Not no more. You know I mean, what I mean? That guy hates his family. Just because Zach Wilson's uncle owns JetBlue does not mean that Zach Wilson's family has money from JetBlue. His uncle owns it, not his father. Usually people that are rich keep hold on to their money. They don't give it to other people, even in their family. That's how they stay rich. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> that's how you stay rich. Exactly. So he goes and uh, the lady goes, oh, you're on the Jets. My son's a huge fan. And uh, basically he's like, call him up. And he does like a thing. And then he's like, all right, here's an autograph for you. She goes, I always wanted to take him to a Jets game, but I couldn't afford the tickets. He goes, really? Because I have two tickets right here. She's like, seriously? He's like, yeah. And I think we've all seen the video at this point. Yeah. His mom posted the video. It wasn't like a, here's a time for, and I'm sure he does stuff like this all the time. Um, But nice guy, Zach, going out there, making somebody's day. And what pissed me off about that was a whole bunch of people going, oh, great. He gave her tickets to Jags versus Jets. Great game to go to for your first It was a great game. Okay, A, super entertaining game. Super entertaining, all right? And then B, who cares? Who cares if you've never been to a game before? The starting quarterback of a New York team just gave you free tickets. His tickets. Even if you don't go to the game, keep that ticket for the rest of your life. It's called Memories. Memories forever. Her son will remember forever that Zach Wilson, the quarterback of the New York Jets, gave him tickets to a Jets game. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's life changing. That's I mean, imagine imagine Derek Jeter gave one of us tickets to a, a Yankee game in like 1997. Imagine awesome. like, be tremendous. It would be crazy, right? So yeah. you know, you know, you think they were good tickets, Zach. or you think they were like the Jets were kind of like, listen, you'll get better seats if you, you stop throwing interceptions. If they're his tickets, they're probably in a in a box somewhere with his family. They were his tickets, yeah. They were his own personal tickets. But but for nice guy Zach, you know, round of applause for nice guy Zach. Nice guy Zach Wilson. And, and, and worse, you know, you know, whether however you feel about it, he made somebody's day on Christmas. That lady had to work on Christmas. He made her freaking Christmas. You know, she he made her mom of the year for Christmas. Like, imagine your dad got you a tickets to a Yankee game, and a Yankee gave them to him, and it was like, hey, watch, look, here's the Yankee that gave me the ticket. You'd be like, what? 
Let's yeah. go. <laughs> That'd be sick. Hey, what are your thoughts on that? Dude, I love it. I, I mean, I like seeing stuff like that. I, I hate the uh, the immediate reaction afterwards of tr- people trying to pick it apart. Like, oh, you're trying to do that for publicity. And it's like, get over it. Yeah, that's what he did. He walked into that diner knowing that, like, listen, I'm going to give somebody tickets and make myself look like a great guy. That dude was going in for a freaking bagel or a pancake or something, a cup of coffee, and, and decided to do something. It was something a diner. Nice. He was going for chicken parm at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. No, dude, I like can't. People want to just go out of their way to pick it apart. It's like he did a nice thing. Fucking honestly, if it was a PR stunt, who gives a shit? He did a nice thing, but it clearly wasn't a PR stunt. If you took two seconds to watch the video, it wasn't a PR stunt. He made somebody's day. He went out of his way to do something nice, something that he didn't have to do. Put it out there. It was like, hey, come to the game. And his mom is the one that posts it. And I'm pretty sure he offered to give her money to get rid of Instagram. So like it's. It's, it's not, to, you know, if you look at his social media, all he does is praise his teammates all the time. Uh, he, he's not about himself. I, I think the kid has a good head on his shoulders. He Absolutely. looks a little like Elroy, Elroy Jetson, and that's okay. That's because uh, his boy Elroy, he, he'll be my boy Elroy. I'm all right with that. But uh, moving on to the game, tremendous game from him. And, and again, missing a lot of his quote unquote weapons. And when I say weapons, I mean the guys that he has to throw to, because really he only has like one and a half weapons, two weapons. He's got Michael Carter behind him and he's got Elijah Moore in front of him because Corey Davis has a bad case of the, of the butterfingers. He's got the drops. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. He's got the drops. He's missing three out of five of his offensive linemen for the game. COVID protocols, 20, 22 players and, and, and their head coach yeah, on the yeah, sidelines, yeah. you know, they, they, they're not, they're out, they're out, you know? Um, and, uh, and, guy played well and and the thing for me was uh you know hey it's uh he played he played well enough to win didn't make mistakes made the plays he needed to i think the key is i think the key was they established the run early i think michael carter had a great game i think he he was flying that game he was picking up eight yards at a clip um I, i i loved seeing that zach wilson run for a td what was it 56 yards he too 52 yards. I mean, and 56 yards. Cause he took a couple yards back. Yeah. First. I, I think that, that just that he escaped the pocket a couple times that game, but you know what? He, he had the awareness to get out there, scan the field and realize he had some running room and then coming down the sidelines and kind of like, all right, these guys are going to pull up a little bit. So they don't take a 15 yarder. I'm going to keep going. Go ahead. Hit me, hit me. You know what? I, I liked he puts his, the ball out of bounds. Yeah. But if they do hit him and he fumbles, it's out of bounds. Yeah. I, I, I've seen that happen a few times this year. But the Jets won. A lot of people are mad because they got worse draft position, and that's okay. You can be mad about it. Honestly, I think that the, the growth of Zach Wilson is more important than any player you're going to pick. So if, if winning on Sunday against Trevor Lawrence, a guy he's going to be compared to for the rest of his career, makes him feel better about playing this Sunday against Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback who ever played the game, uh, hey, I'm all for it. I'm all, if they win this Sunday against Tom Brady and Zach plays great, oh, we got worse draft position. He beat fucking Tom Brady. Be happy. I don't yeah. even think that he has to beat him. I think he has to come out and play well and, and trade offense with offense. I mean, listen, we've seen the Bucs. The Bucs defense is a joke. Um, they're a team that's going to just try to outscore you, and that's it. So I, I think if they can come out and, and put up points against the Bucs and, and build on the confidence, I think that's all we need to see as Jet fans. We just want to see a quarterback develop. And how do you develop? You play. You get in there. You make mistakes. And you learn to read defenses. And, and I mean, the time spent in the pocket, it, it's like flight time for a pilot. you got to get behind the wheel or the stick 
and, and you got to do it. And that's what he's doing right now. And the more time he spends there, the better off he'll be. But if you can build confidence along the way and start doing right things and taking steps forward, I mean, that's all we can ask for as a fan. We obviously know we're not making the playoffs this year, but if we can build towards something that, I mean, that game, that game alone, even if they lost that game, he made big strides. He he developed that game as a quarterback, I feel like, and it just instills a little bit of confidence as a fan and saying, hey, this this could be our guy. I mean, this might be our guy for the next 10, 12 years. Competently. Yeah. But talking about the Bucks, the Jacksonville Jaguars have requested to interview Bucks offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich for their vacant head coaching position. Rook, give me some some thoughts on your your Jacksonville fandom. <laughs> I was gonna say I got, I got the clip of that game, which is horrible football. Um, one another loss. So, I mean, I guess they're just rebuilding. They have the interim head coach now. They got rid of Meyer. Uh, I don't. I think I kind of like the move. Byron Leftwich. I mean, he's a he's a he's an OC who's won a Super Bowl. Granted, he has Tom Brady, he has all his weapons there, but I mean, he's he's capable. He knows how to work in the NFL with a good offense, and I think that's what they need. They need someone from the NFL level. You can't bring in a college coach like Urban Meyer anymore. Bring in someone with the NFL experience, and I think Byron Leftwich, being the popular Jaguar that he was, uh, you know, is is uh, I think it's important. But I guess don't. The, my point about that is, I guess sometimes you get weary when you bring in an old former player because then you're afraid of you know, that lack of that luster or that, that flair that he had as being a Jag, uh, you know, goes away if he starts losing all of a sudden. Uh, and the fans get restless and then they're upset with a player who is a, you know, a good player for their in their history. Do you think the only thing is they're also access, not just speak to Byron Leftwich, but also speak to um, Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I saw that. Who he's not having a great year this year. I think the Bucks defense isn't as good, but last year they were very good. And obviously Todd Bowles, he had experience with the Jets. He wasn't the worst uh, Jets. I think he was the last co- Jets coach to have a winning record. As far as um, Todd Bowles having a winning record, yeah, absolutely. But if you look at the quarterbacks that he had during that time, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick, Geno Smith, Sam Darnold, and uh, I can't remember was another quarter. Oh, and Josh McCown. And you're asking a brand-new rookie head coach to win games with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, Sam Darnold, and Geno Smith. Uh, it's not really that fair. Uh, when when you're you're talking about it and you, you think if you really think about it, that's not fair at all. Like it, it's one thing to have Sam Darnold, but then to fire him after one year, that's a little jacked up. And Geno Smith, you know, Ik and and, and Kapali broke his face, and that was the end of Geno Smith. So, but you were saying about uh, Todd Bowles? Yeah, I think he's another viable option for the Jaguars. I think good defense. I mean, the Jags that year was I think 2017. They built the great defense. And they nearly made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, Miles Jack was not down, so they should have won that game but against the Patriots on the road with Blake Bortles. But you also got to remember back then they also had Yannick and Yaku, and they also still had yeah, they had Randy. a great defense. Now they had incredible players. I don't think they have the same defense, but I think I'd be happy with either Todd Bowles or Byron Leftwich uh, if I'm a Jags fan, which okay. I am. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> so. Um, so, moving on to the Giants. 
The New York oh, Football show. Giants, and I just want to point out that we call them the New York Football Giants because they are, in fact, named after the New York Baseball Giants, who now play in San Francisco. So if you're a Yankees fan, rooting for the New York Football Giants is kind of like rooting for a football team called the New York Football Red Sox, just so you all know. You're just putting it out there. No, it's a fact. I mean, Giants and the Yankees had a bitter rivalry. If you're a Yankees fan, to be a New York Giants fan, it would be like rooting for a football team named the Red Sox that play in Brooklyn. No, I think you're confusing about why the historically why Yankee fans are also Giant fans. The New York Giants, New York football Giants were the only show in town. There was no New York Jets at the time. So a lot of people who are Yankee fans became, if you like football, you like watch football, became a Giants fan. And traditionally, Yankee fans who are longer than the Mets, uh, history, uh, sorry, organizations longer than the Mets, older than the Mets, and then you have the Giants who are older than the Jets. That's why Yankees and Giants fans usually are typically the same. I know you're one of those weird ones, it's a Yankee Jets they're fan. Fucking, it's because they're fucking front runners. Let's be honest. It's because your great-grandpa liked the Giants because they won NFL championships back before there was a fucking real NFL super, pre-Super Bowl era. That's what it comes down to, okay? My great-grandpa was from Italy. My father was a Yankee fan. The only football he fucking knew was Mickey Mantle was a stud, okay? <laughs> so anyway, going to the shit show of New York. I thought we just went to dumpster fire to dumpster fire to dumpster fire. We went from the Jets. Uh, the Jets are not a dumpster fire, all right? They're a trash heap. <laughs> okay, they're trash without on fire yet. Jags are not on fire before. The, the, the fire has been put out. Yeah, so I said they're not on fire. I said yeah. they're just trash. Oh, there was actually a New York Times article about how the Jets have hope and the Giants don't. I agree. So let's talk about the hopeless Giants. The hopeless New York Giants. You have a head coach who, who will see a really bad game, coach a horrible game, and then go in a press conference and tell you about, I have saw really good things out there. I saw a lot of positive. I saw a lot of good players. And it's like, you guys scored three points in the past, like, three weeks. Like, each week you guys come out and score one field goal or a couple field goals, and you're going to tell me you see good things. And then you're not even – we lose games nine to six or nine to three – you're giving up a ton of points. They got blown out this weekend against the Eagles. They got blown out the week before. It's just an embarrassing thing. You have Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm. They shut down Daniel Jones. And even if Daniel Jones was in there, I don't think it, they'd be any better. They never score any points. The most they ever scored, I think, was 28 points against the Saints, and that might have been the most in, like, the last two seasons. They have not hit over 30 in quite some time, which is – I the, NFL, the Jets have hit over 30. Yeah, and then the NFL that's offense-friendly, you should be able to at least score 30 points. So I don't know if it's a coordinator. I don't know if it's a coach. I don't know if it's a personnel thing. Can't be the coordinator anymore. They fired him. Well, I'm saying at last year, though. Last year, he was still there. So okay. who you who you blame at this point? It's a personnel thing at this point. You're just not a good team. You're not a good organization. You need to make changes. I say clean the house. Get rid of Gettleman. Get rid of Judge. I know it sucks to go for uh, your, what, your fourth, uh, head coach in maybe six, seven years, but it is what it is. They're not, you guys aren't making good choices, not good decisions in the organization. It starts well, from the right. top it, and goes the front to the office. Bottom. It's the front office the front and the fact bad. that the Maras want to keep everything in house. And guess what? That's not fucking working. Not anymore. You wanna, they want to sit there and try to control every little piece of what's going on in their organization. And it's not working out for them. And the numbers sit there and stare you in the face. And it's obvious, but they want to continue to fucking do it. I mean, who isn't there uh, one of their um, main guys in the front office who uh, player personnel or something like that? Isn't he like one of the Mara's like grandsons or nephews or some shit like that? Like Probably. you're handing people jobs that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, Gettleman has to go. Like I said it again. Daniel Jones has to go. He can't stay on the field. Listen, oh, yeah, that's another thing, too. 
If he if he could play 16, 17 games a season, you could see it like, listen, you know, it's a stopgap. But at this point, you're paying a guy or you're keeping a guy around as a stopgap that's only going to play fucking six games. Mm-hmm. So why? Why do it? And, and sources said they're going to stick with Jones. They're going to stick with Judge. And I just don't agree with it. Like, I can't go through another season of being the laughing stock in NFL. That's what I, it is the Giants are. Giants yeah. are laughing stock. I always kind of knew that Judge, that, 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 not Judge, I'm sorry, that Jones wasn't yeah. going to work. But yeah, I never liked the pick in the. To begin I have with. a lot. We and we talked about this all, a long time. We yeah, started the show sure. of the NFL draft, and I mm-hmm. remember talking to you during the NFL draft when they drafted Jones, and I, I didn't feel that their intentions upon drafting Jones were. Um, let's just say I didn't feel like he was the most talented quarterback on the board at the time, and I don't feel Absolutely that they drafted him because they felt that he was they, he, he fit the mold of what they wanted as opposed to, I'm not going to get into what I feel. I'm just going to say is I feel like they, I, I'm not going to get into what I, I'm presuming. I think he just checked boxes on what the Giants think the Giants quarterback should mm-hmm. look like. I and agree I'll with that. that. Yeah. And it wasn't a talent standpoint. It wasn't and a talent it was thing. Like it was a, he, he looked the right way. And it's he was, he was, he was Eli said, Manning, but less talented. If you can go that yeah. route. I mean, he, he, was. he, they wanted a Wonder Bread fucking sliced, plain guy to Boy. sit in there, just throw the ball a little bit, take no risks, and that's it. And and guess what? You can't fucking do that when you don't have a team around the guy that can catch the ball or run the ball or do anything. That's I mean, say, taking Saquon Barkley where they took him was a joke, and every other fucking team in the NFL is laughing at them for it, and every other NFL front office is laughing at them for it. Everybody that's sitting there on uh, doing their fantasy draft is laughing at them. And also... I, um, also, the thing is, too, they said, well, Daniel Jones wouldn't have been there at 17 because they had they had two picks that year. Nobody oh, was taking shit. He it was going to be there at 17. Taking Josh you, could taken, you could have taken Josh Allen, who plays for the Jags now, not the quarterback, the linebacker, Josh Allen. And you could have improved your defense, which is a major issue right now. Nobody was drafting Daniel Jones in the first round. Nobody was. No one was. It's a joke to say, tell me that you heard rumblings that he was going to be gone before pick 17. Cause I think they had no, 17 as well that year. I think, I think the Redskins picked before them and they didn't pick him. I don't think. No, no one was picking him. He sucks. And nope. Nobody was picking him. He went to Duke. You don't go to Duke university as a quarterback because you're a great talent. All right. The fact, that, the fact that Michael Jones or Michael, excuse me, Michael Carter for the jets is doing well right now. And he went to Duke mm-hmm. is amazing because how many great back football players is Duke putting out? We're not talking about basketball here. We're talking about football. Football, yeah. I'm an ACC guy. Duke is never relevant. No. Duke, if you listen, if, if you're talking about winning some, getting to the, you know, NCAA Sweet 16 or something like that, sure, you throw Duke in there. But, again, yeah, who's going to the NBA from Duke? Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, think are. I take it back. Michael Carter went to North Carolina. Um, so, Duke still North, sucks. I, I think, <laughs> huh? So, Duke still sucks. <laughs> Duke football still sucks. I, Michael Carter the second. Went to Duke, but again, that, that the other uh, Michael Carter, and he's pretty good. That that brings you to you know you know rounding back to the Jets is you know what you were getting from Zach Wilson coming from BYU. Yeah. You know the type of caliber teams he was playing. I think that every Jet fan wants to see you know Wilson progress, and he <laughs> he took a step forward this past week. But at the same time, I, I mean, how. I understand it's not the way the NFL works most of the time, but how much benefit could somebody like Zach Jones 
get from sitting on the bench for two years or three years, like an Aaron Rodgers and learning and, and, and just going through the motions and getting in there when he's ripe and ready to go. I think there's something to be said about getting in there and taking snaps and, and, and you know, earning your way and learning, you know, trial by fire, but that's also dangerous as a quarterback, especially with the, the way the O-line is for the Jets. It's not built up around him. He doesn't have a, a lot of time in the pocket. I, I think it's, it's a big gamble. I like Zach Wilson. I want to see him succeed, but at the same time, you got to understand that a big factor is where these guys get drafted from in college and where they played and who they were playing against. I honestly don't think it makes a difference because Justin Fields is trash and he played at one of the biggest schools in the country. And, and honestly, Trevor Lawrence doesn't look good either. And he won, he played in and won a few national championships. Um, Again, but look at the teams around them. You know what though? You look at the teams around them and they're successful because their entire team is good. I'd rather, listen, I'd rather take Zach Wilson at the end of the game. You see his demeanor, you see the type of player he is. Then, then uh, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence sitting there kind of, thinking he's the big dick in the locker room and it's like ah, it's not on me and we talked about your point against that is davis talk about the draft we'll talk about the draft right we talked about this uh rook you and i spoke about this very briefly earlier today or yesterday rather and and you you and i spoke about it that the number one pick syndrome where we see that yeah Lawrence roll out to his left start running toward the end zone and steps out of bounds whereas we're probably going to see zach wilson fight to get into the end zone there yeah. and that's because trevor lawrence has a a, a very uh corbin bernson uh uh roger dorn mentality of i'm not going to sacrifice my body for this collection of stiffs these guys i'm the number one pick overall these guys are bums i, I you well the number one pick of a draft goes in thinking that i'm the big shit and i don't have anything to prove you have to build a team around me you know what you're getting with me i don't have to fucking do anything it's your job to put players there that I can hit receivers that are going to get wide open. And guess what? It ain't college. People don't get wide open. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Throw them open. Team, what do you think? Well, I was saying before about was Davis Mills. Was he's that big chip. he's have was that? I'm sorry. He has a big chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and he's testicular. Oh my god, was it testicular? <laughs> Testicularly. <laughs> Testicularly. <laughs> His stats are actually incredible right now. I mean, he's statistically, yeah, I can't say right now it's late. Um, his stats compared to the other quarterbacks are the best. He's number one in yards, right, completions, whatever number you come up with, he's he's the top there. So, and he's a guy who was not even discussed about when we talk about you know, with Trey, tra- uh, with some um, Trey Lance, Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones, those are like the big five names that were there. Davis Mills wasn't there. He went to Stanford. I mean, it's not a, not. I mean, it's not as good of a program it was was before with John Harborough. But, um, but, I mean, look at him now. I mean, the Texans aren't that good of a team, so you can't you can't say Trevor Lawrence has that. What's that? Someone called them an XFL roster. Yeah, I mean, look at and Trevor Lawrence is in a, in, a, in a shitty team too, but so is Davis Mills, and he's doing the best. He you is know what though? Is. And I think it's that comes back to the mentality though, Nick. That's what I'm trying well, to. My point was. I'll say this about Trevor Lawrence's team. And while his team may not be the, the bees knees and the cats meow, I look at some of the names on those, on that team. They used to be really good. Yeah. So, so my question is, and I, and this is my question. And I've always had this question about somebody like Kurt Warner on the Rams, where he has Marshall Falk, Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, Ricky Prohl, Orlando Pace, an amazing offensive line, amazing wide receivers, amazing running back. He's Hall of Fame. 
goes to the Giants. Absolutely trash. To the point where he got benched for fucking Eli Manning, who went a whole career without trying to figure out, without figuring out which team to throw to. Um, then he goes to the Cardinals, Kurt Warner does, that is. And he has Anquan Bolden, who I love. You guys know I'm a huge Anquan yeah. Bolden fan. Uh, yeah. I'm a Florida State guy, and he's my guy. You know, he came in as a quarterback at Florida State, ended up playing quarterback his last game at Florida State against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Because our starting quarterback got kicked out of school like the week before the bowl game. Um, <laughs> and Quan Bolden, Larry Fitzgerald, and Edgerin James, and he goes back to his quarter his uh, Hall of Fame worthy uh, statistics. Oh. Now, so the question is, is Kurt Warner amazing or did he happen to have an amazing cast? And is Trevor Lawrence falling under the same thing? Because or are his wide receivers the same way? Because uh, who are who are his wide receivers right now? Because I saw I, two of them at least. I was like, I know that guy. Isn't Golden Tate one of his wide receivers? Uh, not Golden Tate. Uh, what's I can't think of the name right now. I'm looking up. But TJ, you can talk about the. Well, I was, I was going to say Kurt Warner. <clears throat> is one of the classic situations of if a team builds around you and puts players there that you can utilize. If you're a good quarterback, you're going to be able to utilize them. I, I mean, they didn't build it, around him. Those guys were already there when but he got. You, you know what I mean? If you're, if there are pieces in place that he can, you know, hit a, a, and he can use a, and get to his advantage to make plays, he's going to make the plays. And I think that's it. It goes against. It's on the team to build around quarterbacks. So, if you take Tom Brady and put him on the fucking Jets right now, are they Super Bowl bound? No. You gotta you gotta build a team around your quarterback, and I don't think that goes against how Kurt Warner was. I think Kurt Warner was a great quarterback, but if you don't have people that are gonna accentuate your talents, you're just wasting time. So my question is: Does the quarterback lift up the players around him, or do the players around him lift up the quarterback? I think it's a team sport, so you, you gotta a be a team. Yeah. Really, because the, the the league isn't treating it that way these days. No players don't treat it that way. I'm no, sick of seeing somebody. The fans don't treat it that way either. I mean, look at the guys that Zach Wilson's throwing to on Sunday, and there's still fans out there mad that he only threw for like 100 yards passing. Well, who the fuck do you want to – he had to throw a touchdown to an offensive lineman because his receivers can't get open or can't catch a pass. So did the Jags, though. That was that was like – what was the first time ever two offensive linemen caught a, caught a touchdown? But you I know mean, what? It, it, it's – Listen, I, I've said my piece with Zach Wilson. I said the things that I think he needs to improve on. I think his passes across the middle. Oh, uh, on, he only missed one on Sunday. I'm just saying he he tends to throw behind his receivers, especially coming across the middle on those cut routes. Um, those you know are what I noticed. Things, those are mistakes that he that that are easily easily fixed, and that's a timing mistake. And that's just he's going to improve. But again, if you're not if, if the Jets aren't going to build around him, if they're not going to give him an offensive line that gives him time in the pocket, if he's not going to have receivers to throw to, because the Jets have been hit by 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 the, the injury bug big time this year, especially the defense. So there's only so much you can do. You can be the greatest quarterback in the fucking world. And if you have a shitty team around you, and I'm not saying the Jets are a shitty team. They're just not there yet. There's a lot of holes and gaps that they need to be, that need to be filled in the offseason. And you know what? They have the fucking money to do it. They have the draft picks to do it. It's all about doing the right thing at the right time and picking the right people in the right places. But yeah. there's only so much the best quarterback in the league can do with what they're given, you know, as far as weapons. 
So, Russell, who are those receivers from the Jets? Yeah, I got them. Uh, Tavon Austin, Mar- Marvin Jones Jr., and then LaVisca Chenault Jr., who's on the COVID. So, I don't know. I don't know that guy, but Tavon Austin, I know he was a first round pick. Yeah. And Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell played a very good game and he has a lot of talent. And Marvin Jones Jr. is a former num- number one receiver for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. So, where I'm looking at that and people are going, well, those guys suck. Any one of those guys is a better receiver than everybody the Jets had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Andy no- Robinson was a running back when he's injured now. None of the guys that the Jets trotted out there on Sunday were first-round picks. No. I mean, and, and I'm not saying that just because you're a first-round pick that you're a stud. I'm saying is you have talent or had talent at some On the point. stat sheet. Yes. On the, the stat, stat sheet, you're more fourth talent. You, you could catch a football and run a 4-3 without falling down. Like, you, you could do some things that are in a positive manner better than the, your peers. Yes. Saying. And if I remember right, Tavon Austin was, in fact, a first-round pick. You know, I mean, he had yeah. talent at some point. And, and same thing with Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, if I remember right, I feel like he was a pro bowler. But you, you know what's funny? It, it's like that first-round pick has such a high regard, and I understand you're coming out of college with that talent aspect. But there's no better players than the diamonds in the rough that you get in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round. I mean, I concur. I said, you know, and, and let's move into the draft. We're talking about this. Let's get into the draft. Both the Jets and the Giants and the Jags have top 10 picks, right? Jets and the Giants have two apiece. Jags have right now the number. I think they have the number one pick overall right now. I believe they do. Uh, and, the, and the Lions have number two, which I feel like the Lions have had a top 10 pick for the last 30 years, but whatever, I digress. Um, so, A, what do you think your team is going to be doing with that number, that, that top 10 pick or two top 10 picks? Uh, B, do you think it's important where they go with that pick? Uh, and then C, what do you hope that top 10 pick brings to your team, to your franchise? And, uh, and Rook, go first. Go ahead. So the Giants, I'm really hoping they build up the offensive line. If they're really going to stick with Daniel Jones, then this, this year's uh, QB class isn't, isn't as great as a as previous year. So I'm not really – I'm not thirsty for that quarterback, I guess I could say. The kid from Pitt looks good in the second round, though. Yes, exactly. Someone like that, I'd be okay with. But if you're using those top two picks, use it for a defensive lineman for the Giants, and you, or use it for offensive lineman, or use well, or one for the other. You know what I mean? Like those are their two main things. They need a pass rusher, and they need to protect the quarterback. They need to get to the quarterback and protect them. Just so you know, they're not going to get a def- pass rusher because even no, the Jets but... four right now, they may not get a pass rusher. No, I know. I'm just saying that they might have to trade back. Pass. Yeah, but that's where I'm saying that's what their main target should be going into this draft. Okay. The New York Giants, the Jaguars. I mean. I don't know. I feel like there's just too many holes. If you just get somebody with great talent there, I think you, you'll be all right. You'll fill it in because you have the quarterback now. You have the running back. Uh, maybe more protection on the offensive line to give him more time. But Wait, which running back? James Robinson. Who just tore his Achilles on Sunday. I know, but I'm saying for next year, he should be back. But he might not be the same. But Achilles is not one of those things that you uh, – like an 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 no, no, I know. but And you also have Travis Etienne, but – at the end, the he, got hurt. he had what the ACL, didn't he? <laughs> so like, 
I, I'm sorry. Laugh. It's not funny. It's just uh, it's right. It's, but automatically you drop you're back not, in the draft easily. But you're not you're not drafting running back in the top ten unless you're the New no. York Giants and you're fucking idiots. Uh, you know, <laughs> not at see, all. Me, me. I want to see the Jets just fill holes, and I, I don't want. I, I hate this whole. This guy should go here, and if he's there, you take him, whether you need him or not. I, I want to see the. I would love to see the Jets get a cornerback. A nice generational cornerback that could be solid for our defense. I would I love to see quarter, and I was like, "What corner? <laughs> corner?" I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see a cornerback. Um, again, the O line. You could always beef up the O line. I mean, uh, it, it's sick to waste the talent of like a Nick Mangled. If we had a Nick Mangled right now, it'd be fucking oh, just amazing. If you think that in the last ten years, the players that have been on the Jets in different positions and the team just never came together and what could have been with those moves that they made. It's I, I know everybody gets on the Jets for how they draft and what they do, but they seem to do good in the positions that they're trying to fill a space and it works out versus trying to go for that home run hit first round. This guy's here. We need to take him. I, I don't think those work out as much as people fucking think. I agree. Um as far as the Jets are concerned, I don't think we need a cornerback. I think Eccles is playing great. I think Bryce Hall's, you know, cornerback number one, the last six games, he's given up 15 yards per game as, as a corner. I mean, what more do you want from a guy? He's given up 15 yards per game or something like that. Something ridiculous. Um, and uh, so I don't think that, uh, that the, the Jets need a corner at all. And the only corner that would go that high is Stingley, and he's broke dick. And I, I'm not a fan of drafting a broke dick high because we drafted uh, we drafted Hall in, like, the fifth round after he tore his leg up, and, and we got him in the fifth round. Look at him now. He's playing yeah. at, at a very, very high level. I do wish we had a pass rusher, right? But all mock drafts are kind of showing us that Thibodeau and uh, Hutchinson are both going to be gone by the time the Jets pick at number four. Now, that may not be true because Evan Neal might go to the Jags number one overall to protect Trevor Lawrence, all right? right. Uh, and if that's the case, then the Jets, by all means, go ahead and draft yourself a Hutch. Go ahead and, 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 and get yourself a, K- a Kayvon, not Kevin, K- Kayvon, um, Thibodeau. Uh and he might revolutionize your defense. Here's my problem. A lot of Jets fans are clamoring. Defense, we need Hamilton. We need Thibodeau. We need Hutch. I'm okay with drafting Tyler Linderbaum in the first round and in the top 10. And a lot of people are going, you don't draft a center in the top 10. Well, or, or they're saying uh, all the Hall of Fame centers were not drafted in the first round. And that may be true, right? But also take note that Saquon Barkley might be the last running back we see drafted in the top 10 that doesn't make any running back previously drafted in the top 10 any less valuable at that time we play in a different league now so you're talking about nick mangold a center is your middle linebacker is your quarterback for your offensive line and i don't have a problem with the jets having a swiss cheese defense for the next two years if it means that zach wilson is going to be the best quarterback we've had in 40 years for the next 15 years mm-hmm. because as many like a constant thing and I, t- I tweeted it the other day i said jets fan we haven't had a pass rusher in 20 years since john abraham also jets fans we haven't had a quarterback in 50 years. 
And that's friggin' true. Okay. We haven't had a quarterback since Joe Namath. And I'm okay with using every single pick in the draft to support Zach Wilson if it means he becomes the next Tom Brady. Because I'll I'll give up 50 points and lose every game 48 to 50. If it means that in three years we can win games 50 to 20. I, it's very simple because you only have the next two seasons to make sure Zach Wilson's your guy after year three. If he's not your guy, you have to move on. Give me, you know what? Give me a season where if we lose by three, but we have the ball with two minutes left and we're driving, I'll take that. I'll take that excitement in my life. Fucking a, like I, 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 I love that I'd shit. I'd rather go. zero and 16 with a quarterback that I know will be my quarterback for the next 15 years. Yeah. than go eight and eight and have to get a new quarterback every two years. Oh, but I have a pass rusher, no team. I, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. The Giants won two Super Bowls in the last 20 years. Who was their Super Bowl MVP? Their fucking retarded quarterback who can't spell his first name, and he was trash, okay? But really, the MVP should have been Michael Strahan and OCU Minura, or even Jason Pierre-Paul. So is the pass rusher making a difference? Absolutely, you're winning the Super Bowl. But when you lose the Super Bowl... It doesn't go on fucking Dante Hightower. It doesn't go on friggin' uh, – I'm trying to think. Who are some of the pass rushers? Uh, Richard Seymour, when, when, when the Patriots lose the Super Bowl. It goes on the shoulders of Tom Brady. Yeah. It goes on Bill Belichick. So, like, does it really matter who your fucking defensive end is that's sacking people if your quarterback is trash? No, not at all. So, I'm okay with the Jets using every pick for the next year. They have, like, 15 picks this year. Use every single one to help Zach Wilson become the best quarterback he can be. If it means for me that he's going to be my quarterback for the next 15 years and I don't have to worry about who's going to be my quarterback, it's the single most difficult position to fill in sports. But I I mean, going with your point, I I think you're kind of contradicting yourself with the whole – because look at Mac Jones. You think Mac Jones is shit. And look at at the the way Bill Belichick was able to build a team around him and and collect wins – I mean, they have a complete team. Everybody that's out there is doing what they're supposed to do. And it seems like the Jets have never had that collective whole team where everybody out there is doing what they're supposed to do. So, But again, that, that's because he has a solid offensive line and right, competent right. receivers and, and a half-decent running game. So when you get a, comp- like a fully competent offensive line, receivers that can actually physically catch a football because I have zero confidence in anybody in the Jets receiver room other than Braxton Berrios and Elijah Moore that they can actually receive the ball without dropping it. How fucking quick is Berrios, dude? Oh, explosive. You know, he's like what Brett Gardner wishes he was. Yeah. <laughs> I think we are. Uh, I think we're, we're getting toward the end of our show here. Uh, we We've talked about our, our expectations for the draft. Again, oh, my, my last expectation about the draft is, you know what the Jets need to do in the draft? They need to hit on all their picks. That's it. I don't care who they pick. Just make sure he was worth it. That goes for everybody, though. Just hit, just I, hit on it. doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because if you draft an offensive lineman, right? Right? If you draft an offensive there will still, buddy, still be somebody going, oh, that's trash. Okay? Yeah, I but anyway. Wide receiver. I don't care if you pick a guy and he's a pro bowler and you picked him in the first round. I'm not mad about who you picked, whether it was a receiver, a defensive end, a cornerback, a, a, a freaking safety. I don't give a shit. If he's a pro bowler, good job. That was the whole point. He was a first round pick pro bowl saying you want to hit on these picks. Of course. But you know what? I, I honestly, Every going, team. like with this year, I, I like what the jets were doing. I like what they've done. I like the pickups that they've made. Obviously we, we had some injuries right out the gate before the season even started. We missed but, Carl. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, I mean, I, I like the head coach. I love the head coach. I love that fire. I love the passion. I love how he's a young guy. He's relatable. He has that fucking passion on the sidelines flipping out. I love seeing that. I don't want to see a Bill Belichick standing there solemn. I don't want to see it. I don't care. I want somebody that's fired up and wants to fucking win. I don't give a shit about draft picks. I want to fucking win. The last thing I'll say is I think the Jets players actually like each other. And then one more thing to add on to that is I think that Joe Judge is a problem <laughs> with the Giants simply because I don't think free agents will want to play for him. Having heard what happened this past summer where he's dropping veterans in the hallway just because he fucking feels like it. Let me, just add one, let me add one more thing after I was just about to wrap up. Add one more thing. <laughs> it's my impression of you, Nick. Go ahead, wrap it up. I'm Puerto Rican, all right? We say goodbye forever. I'm not Irish where I just fucking click. I'm not doing the Sopranos over here where the fucking thing just goes black like Irish people do, all right? I'm Puerto Rican. We say goodbye once. We make a lap around the room. By the time we get back to you, it's been 45 minutes. I got to say goodbye again. How do you compare Italians and Irish like that? What's your problem? I was a TV show, not a fucking Irish. Yeah, that's fucking TV. It's fiction. Shut your face. Unbelievable. There's nothing better than an Irish goodbye. It's like you saw me now I'm gone. An Irish guy was the editor of The Sopranos. It just went to black. Nobody understood why. Nope. <laughs> he <laughs> left. He fucking say it. They were just like, holy shit. My friend caught a beating because of that. I just want to point that out. Because his dad thought he flipped the channel or some shit. <laughs> that's what he, he gets. Hitting him. He's like, just fuck with the TV. He's like, he didn't do anything. That's what he gets. But from all of us here at the Scoreboard X podcast, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending this with us. We thank you so much. Rest in peace, John Madden. You meant the world to us. Uh, from Nick, TJ, Anthony, who's fading, thank you all. Yes. And fuck fantasy football. That's it. Fuck fantasy football. <laughs> Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.